Welcome everyone to the 13th episode of POV Crypto. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? Is it Friday the 13th, man? Things are looking pretty bad right now. (laughs) The prices would indicate as such. This is our first emergency episode of POV Crypto. Uh, I called up Christian on my way home from work and I was like, man, Crypto Twitter's on fire. Crypto prices are on fire. MakerDAO CDPs are getting liquidated left and right. We got to do an emergency market episode real real quick. So that's what we're doing. The date is November 20th and the price of Bitcoin is $4,434. Guys, we're here to give you some much needed moral support. Do not capitulate. Yeah. This is also not investment advice. This this is where people really start to feel the pain. Like it was it was a nice funny joke when we saw it go from 20,000 to 10,000 and people were like, "Oh yeah, that well that's what just happens when when it goes up so incredibly much." And then it goes from 10,000 to 8,000 and people get annoyed and it goes 8,000 to to 6,000 and people are like, "Oh, well that's that's just such a bummer, but I feel like this drop from six thousand to four thousand five hundred has uh, it, it was dead. this is no longer a funny joke. This is the red sirens are going off. People are talking about you know fifty one percent attacks on lesser networks becoming less expensive. You know, I think we're gonna start seeing projects drop out because developers are like, well, fuck it. There's just less money in here now. Oh man, interesting times for both of us. This is our first real bear market. I feel like this is what it takes to become a crypto vet, making it through this, accumulating at this period of time. This is this is what, you know, crypto wealth is made of. It's earned. It's not lucky. So I don't know. Personally, for me, I'm glad I didn't put too much money in. I'm glad I don't depend on Bitcoin for next month's paycheck, you know, next month making next month's rent. Uh, I think all of that makes this process a lot easier to handle. Uh, David, how are you kind of handling these sharp declines? Yeah, seeing seeing Ether go from below 150 was like the first time I, I actually felt pain. Um, it was the first time where I looked at the prices and like I said, well, this is not a funny joke. Uh, this, 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 it's just, well, not necessarily for me because I'm, I'm doing fine because I don't put myself at risk. But there are just so many projects out there that are really just going to have to trim the fat and like, you know, you know, shave off some some expenditures, which they should be doing. And it's just this is just the nature of a bear market. But I feel bad for a lot of people because because people get people have their like, for example, MakerDAO, they they send salaries in die to to people and it's die. So it's a stable coin. But like. Um, we're talking about, you know, this is Ethereum is partly a financial system for some people. And when you see, you know, you know, 25% of the, of the value of Ethereum leave just in two days, you know, some people are hurting somewhere. Um, and like, like I said about MakerDAO CDPs, uh, I just reaching out to one of the guys who does the data for, uh, for the MakerDAO system. Uh, and he sends me, he sent me a little tweet that he made. 195 CDPs have gotten liquidated in the last week. Um, and that was over 75,000 Ether uh, swapped hands from person A who had the CDP to person B who bought the insolvent CDP. Uh, it just hurts to see. It just hurts to see. I think there's a lot of kind of fear going on right now. Uh, I forgot who told me this, uh, but no, it was my coworker, Michael Tyberg. 
Uh, he was on episode 10, but he told me there's so much fear. He just went all over Reddit, went to our, uh, our cryptocurrency, our Bitcoin, our BTC, the whole lot of it, and just absorbed as much FUD as possible and then checked how committed he was and, you know, his outlook on this technology into the future. And that was, you know, kind of how he, you know, put himself in the mindset of some of these people that are selling Bitcoin at $4,400 after, you know, potentially buying it at much higher prices. Um, David, when do you think, or how long do you think it's going to take to, you know, flush out these quote unquote weak hands, these people that, you know, don't necessarily have conviction in long-term thinking? Yeah, so we've seen this very similar pattern with uh, drops in prices with cryptocurrency uh, where it, it falls off like it slowly starts to go down it goes down a little faster it accelerates and then it just drops and the degree at which it drops uh is always answered by an opposite rebound um the only thing is that like you're subject to the same pattern again and again where it just drops it's like the the rate of dropping accelerates until like a, a bounce where it goes down a lot and comes back up. And all of the bear markets have had this final. This is what people call capitulation, but it comes in different degrees. And it's just like a it's like a a ball bouncing down and slowly gets down to the ground. Uh, and that's what we kind of saw with Bitcoin going from six thousand or twenty thousand to six thousand, and six thousand was this floor. But then it just dropped out again but this last drop has been so hard and so fast that uh, it kind of mirrors all the other final capitulation points for from other uh, bull market to bear market transitions Um, and so it's it's worth considering especially when we talk and see how much fear there is out there people always say and because people always say it you have to take it with a grain of salt but people always say the amount of fear and doubt and uncertainty in the market is an indication of the right time to buy because then you are by definition buying low. Uh, so it, it's worth considering all of these points. This is not financial advice, by the way. Yeah, just pointing out things that you know are widely common knowledge. Um, some things that are not common knowledge is the state of some of these proof-of-work blockchains, minority proof-of-work blockchains that... Um, you know, really depend on the price of their token to protect them. David, you want to kind of jump into uh, some of this research you did on some of these coins that are potentially vulnerable to attack at these low price points? Yeah, so a lot of uh, miners put their hash power up for sale for US dollar and they just say, hey, pay me US dollar and I'll mine whatever you want me to mine for you. Uh, And so when the market cap of cryptocurrencies is less uh, it, it becomes uh, easier to purchase um, purchase mining power to mine these uh, these less valuable networks, uh, and so uh, to to a degree, the function of some of these minority chains is the the security of these minority chains is a function of their market cap. And when market cap goes down, it becomes easier to do a fifty one percent attack. Um, so chains like uh, Monero, Monero or uh, Decred or Ethereum Classic that don't really have that much capital behind them, it's easier for them to fall victim to a 51% attack for one who, somebody who wants to double spend those coins. Um, and this is this is what we see in, in bear markets, like th- projects with uh, not su- sufficient amounts of security or following or just community um, community surrounding the protection of the network. They fall susceptible to being um, wiped out by just in, not enough power behind the the, uh, the blockchain. 
it's kind of interesting looking at these numbers, but right now, in order to attack ETC, code is law for an hour, it would only cost you $12,500 if you were malicious. So if you had a lot more money than that, you know, you could potentially go all the way through their entire blockchain and and destroy, you know, their entire history or reorg their entire history. Code is not law if you don't have enough hash. So, so yeah, somebody could spend, you know, $12,500 an hour. You you buy five, five hours. Like you probably have to buy a couple of days worth, but you could buy a couple of days worth of Ethereum Classic mining. And then you can send all of your Ethereum Classic to Coinbase, sell it for dollars, withdraw the dollars, and then stop attacking the network. And Coinbase won't know what happened um, and they would they would lose money. Um, I believe that's how this works anyways. I'm not an expert in in 51% attacks. Um, but it's basically, moral of the story, it's a bad day to not be Bitcoin. <laughs> it's a bad day to not be Bitcoin. It's not that great day. It's not that great of a day to be Bitcoin, I guess, if you uh, are freaking <laughs> out. Um, there's a hilarious tweeter, uh, tweeter, Twitter thread by the uh, account name. It's called Candle Hater. So, um, <laughs> at Candle Hater. He posts a thread called Capitulation, and in it, he just, you know, he all he does is he just goes through and he retweets other people um, on Twitter who are posting Capitulation threads. Um, it is really funny. Um, one is just fuck what crypto. Was, what's the Twitter handle again? I got to look this guy up. The, the Twitter handle is at Candle Hater. Candle Hater. Um, why the fuck did I ever get into this fucking shithole? <laughs> <laughs> oh i have got fuck to you bitcoin you ruined my year selling the fuck out of some bitcoin fuck this really clever smart things being said clever smart people saying clever smart things yeah, but yeah we should we should cut it out there's just it's mostly the f word which is you know not appropriate to our audience only go there if you're if you can handle the f word so david can you talk a little bit more about some of these maker dow uh liquidations and what that means for the overall MakerDAO system? Well, they make it really, really easy to do research because they have um, a lot of infrastructure put forth uh, in order to analyze the MakerDAO system. Uh, so if you go to mkr.tools, you can see uh, three things. You can see the, the price of MKR, you can see the market cap of DAI, and the market cap of DAI is basically the total number of DAI issued since um, DAI is always $1. Uh, and then you can see the collateralization ratio. Uh, and so my favorite right now is the collateralization ratio, which has always been somewhere between 240 and 270%. Uh, and especially over the last couple of months, as the price of Ether has dropped, every time it drops like pretty quickly, you see an equal and opposite reaction of Ether being locked up, uh, more Ether being locked up in order to uh, back up the the 65 million to 75 million die that's in circulation um so with with uh in the last two weeks we've we've watched die just explode in volume as people lock up more ether and get issued more die today was actually the first time we actually saw die go down from 75 million to 65 uh million so that was a loss of 10 million die and that part of that would happen happened from people yeah part of that happened from people buying die off the secondary markets and uh uh, repaying their loans. The other, the other part of it is when people get their CDPs, um, what's called bitten. They call it getting bitten in the MakerDAO system. People buy out insolvent uh, CDPs because it's a, an arbitrage opportunity. You can buy, um, you can buy like uh, a die for 0.95 worth of die or ether. 
Um, and so it's an arbitrage opportunity. So it provides, it provides the price floor of die. Um, and, and then when, when that happens, those die get eliminated from the system. Can you, can you explain that? Like I'm a five-year-old. Yeah, no, I actually need to be able to do explain this better. Um, so I will come back and be, uh, uh, with a, an increased level of understanding, but basically for risky, uh, CDPs, re, uh, CDPs that are either under collateralized or close to being collateralized. What's a CDP? A CDP is a collateralized debt position. Uh, and it's basically what happens when you submit ether to the MakerDAO system and you pull out a loan worth of die. So if you put in a thousand dollars worth of ether into the MakerDAO system, you can get a, a lesser amount of die, say 500 die. But if the value of that ether goes down to 500, um, 500 die and you have a loan for 500 die the MakerDAO system will allow someone to buy your risky cdp um thinking that it will be it it will like uh the price of ether will continue to go down below the the cost of purchasing it and so you can you you basically can purchase ether for less than it's worth so how could you get wrecked doing this yeah, you can get, so I've actually had to do this recently. Um, so I put in some ether and then pulled out die and then the price of ether dropped and my CDP uh, got risky. Uh, and so I took some ether that I had and I put it, I put it into the loan to further back up my loan as like a bigger, bigger, stronger backstop. Uh, and if you don't do that, people will buy out your, uh, your ether that you have collateralized um, for your die and you get to keep your die or whatever you did with it. Hopefully you did something smart with it. You get to keep your die, but you lose the ether that you have backing it up. Um, so you effectively get liquidated. Goodbye. Pretty much. It's a forced sell of your ether at that price point. Exactly. That's exactly right. I'll use this opportunity to plug episode number 15, I think. So this is episode number 13, episode number 15, Mm -hmm. David and I are going to debate an article that he wrote that compares Mm -hmm. MakerDAO to the, king btc yeah MakerDAO. i'm i'm positioning MakerDAO as the keynesian competitor to um uh, bitcoin's uh austrian economics uh so it's going to be an interesting one stay tuned for that one david's journey to bitcoin maximalism has begun but it's not quite there yet took a detour <laughs> yeah definitely not completed <laughs> it might not end up there. It might, it might end up lost along the way. I think it's safe to say that you're not going to end up is down the XRP rabbit hole. What, what the hell is up with XRP right now? What the hell is up with XRP? It has been totally uncorrelated with the crypto markets at large. Uh, it's, it's held its, its price for the last seven days, which means that it's gone up in value versus all other cryptocurrencies, which is just insane pretty unacceptable if you ask me yeah it's doing pretty well against bitcoin right now a month ago it was oh god so many zeros four zeros uh and then a seven bitcoin i don't even know what to call that so seven it was seven thousand satoshis that's what that's what that is i know this verbiage uh and now it's we we talk in satoshis 10 now it's ten thousand satoshis so it went up by 30 percent versus bitcoin the xrp army is strong not in anything other than the fact that their belief in XRP is very strong and they will buy their it. hive mind is, is healthy. They'll buy it. Um, Rand Nooner, the guy from crypto trader, South Africa, um, posted a, a Twitter survey and he said, what's going to be a better store of value in the next 10 years. He listed Bitcoin, ether, 
XRP, another one, and it was like 42% Bitcoin and 46% XRP. And I was like, damn, I would say he is the following of normal as well as below average people in the Twitter community. So (laughs) (laughs) that is what the normal to below average think is Bitcoin and XRP. Um, So XRP has strong sentiment amongst the you know, the average Joe cryptocurrency person, you know, I probably sound like a huge douchebag. I'm losing all the XRP followers for this. Um, I'll trade XRP. All of our XRP followers. Yes, all of them. I'll trade XRP because I think that there's a lot of people who want it, but, um, you know, it ain't Bitcoin. I mean, maybe we're the assholes here. Maybe we're the idiots, but uh, I don't think so. Let's just say... We are here for decentralization. We are decentralization maximalists. Yeah, so that that's we cannot accept XRP. Sorry, guys. Final thoughts, David. What do you want to say about what's going on right now? There's now, by definition, less risk and much more reward. So the prices of crypto have gone down like 20% in the last like week or so, which means that the ratio between risk or reward has improved by 20%. Um, so really the only reason you should be selling is if you put your rent money into crypto and that was a mistake to begin with. You get, you get wrecked in crypto when you think sell in months or sell in weeks or sell in days. That's when you get wrecked. It works out a lot better when you think sell in two years, sell in three years, sell in five Uh years, sell in 10 years. That works a lot better for you. You'll be able to see when it's overbought, you know, you'll see that, Hey, it's mooning right now. This is what I'm going to sell. Not, oh crap, my rent is due. I have to sell. You know, that's mm-hmm. a completely different investment strategy. So take that for whatever it's worth. Yeah, it's just a responsible investment tra- strategy too. You become rich by not getting wrecked. I'll, I'll end the rant there. Listen to POV CryptoPod. Follow POV CryptoPod. If you want to get the latest on how not to get wrecked, follow me at CK underscore snarks. CK underscore snarks. David? You can follow me at Trustless State. I changed my handle from Trustless underscore state to Trustless State. It's easier now, both on Medium and on Twitter. So, one less character you have to worry about. Hopefully, we don't have to continuously change this. Otherwise, we're <laughs> going to be killing our discoverability. <laughs> yeah, I promise that was the last time. All right, stay tuned for episode four, uh, 14. That's coming up next. We got a uh, an extra panelist coming on, and then ex- episode 15 where Christian and I put on some boxing gloves and go toe-to-toe. Peace.